Hello everyone, this is Justin Morrow out of uh, Faith Baptist Church in Shelby, North Carolina. Uh, I'm very thankful for this opportunity uh, that Brother Rhodes has given me to uh, preach the word. And um, I'm going to get right into it, but I really feel like we need to start off with some prayer. Uh, Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I pray, Lord, that the words that come out of my mouth will be uh, instructed by you, Lord. I pray, God, that uh, you'll give me liberty in these few minutes to uh, preach the word in a way that would help encourage somebody. Lord knows I, I don't want to discourage. Uh, I don't want anyone walking away feeling defeated. Lord, I want them to walk away feeling uh, that you have given them something that could help make them better Christians. And uh, do the same for me, Lord. Uh, Lord, I can preach this, these messages a thousand times. I pray, God, that they'll never grow cold to me. In your name I do pray. Amen. So today, I do want to talk a little bit about a more excellent way. Uh, the method by which we praise our Lord uh, is always going to be important. Um, you know, that's, I'm sure there's been conversation after conversation on uh, how we can approach God and how it, things just don't matter as long as you love Jesus. And for the most part, that's not entirely true. I do believe that there is a better way, or as the Bible says, a more excellent way uh, for us to... Um, approach God for us to approach our Lord and Savior and uh, my text is going to be out of 1st Corinthians chapter 12 1st uh, Corinthians chapter 12 verses 27 through 31 but before I go there I want to look at Luke chapter 10 if you have your Bibles I will be in Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 it says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. We see in this portion of Scripture, Martha was a hard worker. She really was. But Mary desperately desired that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what this whole passage is about. I believe Martha had the right intentions. She wasn't doing anything wrong by uh, working hard and preparing the, the house and the meal and everything for Jesus, she had right intentions with a misplaced ambition. You know, I do believe sometimes God's people get so caught up trying to do things a certain way, if you're not careful, you may miss the big picture. And that big picture is that anything me and you do must be done for the honor and glory of God. We, anything that me and you do, we must remember that it is to be done solely for the purpose of pleasing our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you'll flip with me over to our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll start in verse 27. It says, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, 
Are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gift of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. Now listen here, verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Paul had a burden. Paul had a uh, tremendous burden. He also had a tremendous calling to uh, try and establish the church. And uh, everywhere that him and his uh, faithful stewards would go, they would uh, do their absolute best to just reach out to the people and show them who Jesus Christ is and share the gospel with them in hopes that maybe they would receive it, in hopes that uh, not only would they receive it, but they would actually put forth an effort to uh, display Christ's love and display the gospel and the good news through their actions and through their life and the way that they carried themselves and the, uh, just everything about them, he wanted them to make sure that they were displaying a more excellent way. I believe one issue in the average church uh, is the lack of effort put into perfect servanthood to God. It's a lack of effort that's put into the perfect servanthood to God there's a few different crowds. Sometimes when you're listening to the um, Independent Fundamental Baptist Brethren, we sometimes we talk about those crowds, amen? Uh, we talk about the, uh, the back-end crowd. You know, that's those, the folks who come to church and they back in their spot so that as soon as we uh, pray, they can get out first, amen? <laughs> and sometimes we talk about the shouting crowd, right? I mean, you've got some people that can sit in church and they'll amen, raise their hands and there's some folk, it just seems like they always have to shout, amen? Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those. <laughs> I, I Sometimes I get excited, the Spirit starts moving, and I've just got to get excited, amen? And uh, sometimes there's the crying crowd. So a lot of times we'll put that with uh, the ladies in the church, or the ladies are more likely to cry than the men. That's not the case in my house. I cry all the time. You can ask my wife. Uh, she'll tell you I just, I'm a soft-hearted person, and it doesn't take much for me to uh, just cut the waterworks on, amen? But uh, the crowd, there's a particular crowd, per se, that I want to talk about today. And in order to express this crowd and show you something about this, maybe help identify uh, some people under the sound of my voice today that are listening, uh, maybe you're in this crowd, right? And in before I get to talking about this crowd, uh, first, I want to kind of give you an example uh, of a few other crowds they're associated with, right? First, you have the in crowd, right? And I, when I think of the in crowd, I, I think there's some Christians who just step up and they sell out to God, right? You know people like that. It just seems like the church is their life. It seems like Jesus Christ guides every step they have. They've never got a negative thing to say about anybody. They're good church members, faithful tithers. That's your in crowd, right? And then, of course, there's your out crowd. Those are some that don't get involved at all. And in my opinion, typically those people don't last long anyway. Um, people who haven't fully surrendered their life. The topic in my sermon is not about these two crowds. It's not about the in crowd or the out crowd. You say, well, Justin, in and out, that's, uh, is there an, a, a middle ground? And my answer to you is yes. The topic of my sermon is about the ones who ride on the leader's coattails, the ones who are faithful to church, uh, but they don't live a continue and they don't live a continuous sin life, but they don't live a fully surrendered life either. 
They haven't given their life fully to the cause of Christ. And this is what I call the most crowd. Amen. This is the crowd that has given most of their life to God. And let me tell you something. That's a good place to start. I'm, I, you know, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad, but Honestly, you know, in your, your Christian walk, there should always be progress. Even if you start out as one who's identified with the most crowd, maybe at some point you can start to give more of your life to God. And that's what I want to encourage you with a little bit today. Things that, may, uh, things that they may not know they struggle with. The most crowd may struggle with true meditation in God's Word. Now, if you're anything like I can be sometimes, you know, maybe you read your Bible pretty often, right? Uh, if you're part of the most crowd, I think we all try to read our Bibles every day, and sometimes we may fall short. We may get too busy, and we don't read God's Word. And and uh, sometimes I, I've got to make up for that, amen? Sometimes I need to ask the Lord to forgive me and to uh, uh, take my relationship with Him more serious. Uh, but sometimes people will read their Bibles, but they're not really meditating. I mean, even the psalmist said, I will meditate therein, day and night. I mean, that's to think, that's to dwell on the things that they just read from God's Word. You know, this is uh, just the, the idea of meditation, to extrapolate everything from God's Word that we possibly can. It's more than just spending 20 minutes reading through a few chapters. Amen. And I think of, uh, I think of maybe their prayer life. Maybe that's something that could increase. I think, honestly, if we're all being honest, all of our prayer lives could increase. You know, our prayer life, we, I think everyone has room to step up in that. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, something else they may struggle with is their friendships. you got to think of the people you surround yourself with. Even the Word of God encourages friendship, amen? I mean, it says two are better than one, where if one fall, he may pick up the other. Uh, we read about how iron sharpeneth iron. It is important to surround yourself with people that are uh, just as in love with Christ as you are. It's important to surround yourself with people that are going to go out of their way to make sure that they are pushing you closer to the Savior. Amen. The most crowd follows in the shadows of the all crowd. I'm talking about the leaders, amen. One thing that I think of when I think of, you know, in my life, um, as far as being part of the most crowd, I think of my calling to preach. And uh, I remember when I was a teenager, I really, really wanted to preach God's word. I just that just seemed like something I think I could have done, and uh, I wanted to. And I saw all my friends around me getting called to pray. I saw one who uh, ran from God and. For years, and he eventually gave up the um, the running and gave in to God's will. And I had another friend who had got saved, right? And three months after he got saved, he got called to preach. And I kept thinking to myself, Lord, I've been saved. I'm not running. I'm here. Why don't you call me to do your work, Lord? I'd be happy to preach your word. And that calling just never, I never had a peace about it. And uh, it was some years later after I had uh, gone to a little bit of college, and I got some uh, degrees under my belt, got some uh, qualifications under my belt, started to establish myself in the workforce. I bought me a house. I met a beautiful woman. I'm married to her now, good godly woman, and I start, I'm starting to plant myself, right? Starting to get established in life. And that's when it seemed like the good Lord wanted to call me to preach, amen? 
And I couldn't understand. I wrestled with him for a couple of years. I was two, maybe three years. It seemed like I, I questioned God. Why would you call me to preach after I've gotten this far in life? I wanted to preach when I was a teenager. Why didn't you call me then? You know, I, I could have very easily arranged my education and my, my college and the steps that I was going to take around that, Lord. Why call me now? And that wasn't the real question. You see, the truth is, if I was fully surrendered to God, I wouldn't have wrestled with him for two or three years. I believe in all, with all of my heart that if my life was fully surrendered to the will of God, the minute he called me to preach, I would have surrendered. I believe that. And I believe that God found a way to burden that on my heart and show me the true question. The question is not, why didn't you call me when I was younger? The question is, why aren't you fully surrendered? And I believe with all of my heart uh, that the day I surrendered the call to preach was also the day that I fully surrendered my life to the cause of Christ. Meaning that I wasn't just here to preach. I'm not just here to stand behind a pulpit and open a Bible so that people may see me and make my name bigger. That's, that's not what it's about. When I say surrender my life, what I mean is I'll take out the trash for the church if that's what edifies the name of Christ. I'll, I will uh, uh, sweep the floors, I, whatever needs to be done. If I'm to spread the gospel among a thousand people in a congregation or amongst the elderly or amongst children, hey, you, some of you, your parents, you know how it is, how hard it is to get kids to listen. But the Lord has put the children on my heart. There's several ministries that I just, I feel burdened to be a part of because it opens up a door for me to give the gospel to these kids at an early age. And that's being fully surrendered. It doesn't mean getting called to preach per se, but it does mean whatever God wants you to do, you're ready. I think of uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Amen. A more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained uh, witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. It's a lack of desire to be with God. It's a lack of desire to be with God. You see, God deserves more from us. It is our reasonable service. You know that scripture. It is our reasonable service to want to give everything we have to Christ. You see, the problem with Cain and Abel, you know, it wasn't that uh, Abel did bring a better sacrifice, but he brought the best. He brought the absolute best. He brought what God wanted. You see, Cain had a problem with that. Cain thought that he could bring his own. He could bring what he deemed right. He could bring what he deemed okay. And uh, just so long as you're bringing something to God, that's all that matters. Friend, I'm here to tell you, God wants it all. God deserves it all. It's our reasonable service. What happened to our hunger and thirst for righteousness? Amen. I, hey, sometimes the words holy and righteousness, those are... Uh, words that are almost demonized nowadays. I, you, you hear people talk about, oh, well, he's so self-righteous or he's so holier than thou. And a lot of times people get this idea of holiness and righteousness mixed up with being better than other people. And friend, I'm here to tell you something. Holiness is not about being better than someone else. 
Holiness is about being better than your old self. Holiness is about putting forth an effort in your life and your walk with God to make you better than the man you were before, to make you better than the man you were yesterday, to make you closer to God than you've ever been. Surely we must hunger and thirst after such a, a wonderful thing to have, to be righteous, to be holy. I'm not going to let anybody scare me away from that word, amen. Nobody's going to tell me that holiness is, is wrong and is scary. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you now, friend, I want holiness. I want to be close to God. And I, when I attain this holiness, I want people to be able to see it and not say, oh, what a great preacher. Oh, what a good man of God. I'd rather people to see this holiness and think, look at what God has done with him. Amen. Look what God has done with him. So now for my points. This won't take long, but uh, the first point that I think of when it comes to giving our all, stepping out of this uh, identification with the most crowd. Here's some things I would encourage you, brethren, to do. Something I would encourage you to work on. The first thing I see is a passion for God's Word. If you go to Psalm 119, 165 with me, Psalm 119, 165. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law. I, I'm, I'm reminded of an old video that I saw uh, years ago circulating on uh, social media. And it was a video of some people from China. If you know anything about China, they're a very communist country and Religion is not exactly a, um, a place where you have freedom and liberty, amen. But uh, amongst these Chinese people, there was, there was just a small group in a building. You could tell it was kind of uh, secluded, it was hidden. And um, in the middle of these people, there was a pallet. And uh, there were a bunch of black books on this pallet that were shrink-wrapped, amen. And when they cut that shrink-wrap open, you could see there were Bibles. There were Bibles that were translated into their language, a language they could understand. And as they ripped open the, the plastic, it was amazing how these people flocked and almost knocked each other over to grab a hold of their own copy of God's Word. And that, that scene in the video only took a few seconds. The rest of the video was watching these people as they kissed their Bibles, as they knelt and prayed and held it as close as they could just to smell the pages. I mean, just to, to, to actually see the words that they have been listening to people preach to them, able to see the words for themselves. They were thrilled to have a copy of God's word in their possession. I mean, this meant if they could keep it a secret from the government, if they could just keep it hidden away uh, and so where no one could take it away from them, they, they would have their own way of getting close to God I mean, up to this point, it was just prayer. It was just getting as much church as they possibly could. And now they have their own copy of God's Word. I would wonder when the last time was me or you had that type of 
of love for God's word? When was the last time we held God's word so close and just thanked him that we live in a country? I know things aren't going the way we'd want them to. I know there's a lot of division in this country, but we cannot de- we cannot deny the fact that we still live in a country that's free so that we may have a copy of God's word, so that we may have it close to us, that which other people wish so much that they could have. Me and you have it abundantly. We've got copies laying all over our houses. Amen. I've I've got three or four Bibles at the house, each one for a different purpose. Amen. Each one I want to use for reading in the living room, one I use for reading in the bedroom, one for schoolwork, one for study. I've all kinds of Bibles. We should be thankful that we live in such a blessed time that we may have God's word just everywhere. Amen. Another thing that I think would help you step out of this identification with the most crowd is a passion for lost souls. A passion for lost souls. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Romans 9, verses 1 through 5. Listen to what Paul is saying here. He says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who were Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Now, there might be things me and you can argue about in the Bible, amen, but one thing me and you cannot argue about is the burden that Paul had for lost souls, the burden that he had for his lost countrymen. Paul absolutely loved his people. He wanted people so badly. I mean, this is a big thing for him to wish in in verse 3 that he would be accursed, that he could potentially just give up his salvation for the salvation of others? I mean, what a burden to have that he could take their place. Sadly, he cannot. And I believe that's what drove him to just do his absolute best to surrender everything he had to to spreading God's word and making sure everyone knew. It's more than just, oh, well, I gave him the gospel once. I planted the seed and that's all I need to do. Well, bless God, what happened to a burden for lost souls. What happened to that passion? Hey man, just giving the gospel to say, well, I did it and they can do with it what they want. Hey man, that's, that might just be all we're asked to do. But I mean, have mercy. I'm sure you have people in your family that you have witnessed to, and maybe they don't want to hear too much more about it. And you don't want to make them angry, but there's got to be something inside of you that is not satisfied with just giving the gospel once and letting them do what they want. I mean, you've got there's got to be something inside of you that is dying to try to get to persuade them. Amen. He said, almost thou persuadest me, he said to Paul. That means Paul was putting forth a tremendous effort. He really wanted this man to give his heart to Christ. Amen. I think of uh, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies 
And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. Amen. What a tremendous quote about having a burden for lost souls. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. We should give the gospel as much as we can, but brother, we should give the gospel as often as we can. Amen. And I think another thing we need to have is a passion for prayer. A passion for prayer. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Pray without ceasing. Amen. It's an easy verse to memorize. Pray without ceasing. This, my friends, is where it's all going to start. It might be my third point, but it is the first thing I believe we need to really try to focus on. That relationship with God is going to be the fuel for your zeal. It's what will drive you. I think of a story of a little boy and a little girl who lived across the street from each other, and the little boy had a bag full of marbles, amen, and uh, he loved his marbles. He'd been collecting them for the past few years, and he had all kinds of uh, different colors, different sorts, different glass, uh, different designs. And uh, the little girl across the street, she had a big bag of candy. And uh, that boy really liked that candy. But see, the little girl, she really liked the marbles. And then one day they decided to make a trade. He said, you give me your bag of candy and I'll give you my bag of marbles. And she said that sounded like a fair trade. So they went to bed that night. While he was laying in bed with his bag of marbles, he said, you know what, I'll pull out the five or six marbles that I like the most. I'll take those out of the bag, and she'll never know the difference. She'll just still see a great big giant bag of marbles. And so he pulled out five or six of his favorite marbles, and he kept them in his pocket. And the next day, they got together and made the trade, and he was laying in bed that next night with a bag full of candy and five or six of his favorite marbles. He thought he'd pull one over on her. But the more he thought about it, he began to think to himself, I wonder if she held any candy back from me. <laughs> it's a funny thought and a funny story, but it's a good application to sit and think of what could God be holding back from us because we held back from him. If you want to talk about the blessings that God has for us, I would wonder, what, how, what if God is holding back from us because we first decided not to surrender every part of our being to him? Are you missing out on what God can give you due to your lack of commitment and dedication? If you claim Christianity, be one. Amen. There's so many people that, you know, they, they may join the military and, and that's what they want people to know that they're identified with. Bless their hearts. I, I pray for our military. Amen. You have people that uh, join different factions. Maybe you enjoy the job you work at. I, I personally, I work at Oakwood Homes and uh, I like to wear the shirts. Oakwood Homes, come buy a home from me. I, I'd be more than happy to to help people. And we, you know, we want to beat the business down the road, all that good stuff. You know, being what identified, amen? Well, if you're going to claim to be a Christian, I want to ask you, friend, why not put forth a better effort to be one? It is more important than anything else in this world. 
Be identified with the one who saved our souls from hell. Amen. The message is this. Your relationship with God has no stopping point. The more excellent way is the continual growth of that relationship. Strive for that more excellent way. If you are among the most crowd or are slowly headed in that direction, I encourage you to come find that inner burning desire that you used to have. You may say, uh, Brother Justin, I can think of a time in my life when uh, I did used to serve the Lord with all of my heart. Well, I'm not going to sit here and grill you and ask you, why aren't you there anymore? That's between you and the Lord. I simply want to encourage you to step forward. Hit your knees. Press pause now. Stop listening to me. Go hit your knees. Get by the bedside. Get in your prayer closet. Ask God to help you now. Identify the things that are holding you back. Set them to the side. I believe with all of my heart, God has the ability to give us those desires. Amen. He will put those desires in our hearts if we delight ourselves in Him. Let's pray again. God, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, I do pray that this message will be used in a mighty way. I love the idea of people getting right and people getting their hearts uh, turned toward you again. Lord, I love the idea of people coming closer to you and maybe even a revival sparking uh, in their lives, God. Uh, but Lord, I, I do want to be used. This isn't about me, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that uh, you will use the words that uh, come out of my mouth today. I pray that you will use this message that you laid on my heart uh, to bring people closer to you, God. And Lord, that's all I desire. Lord, I desire to see people grow closer to you and maybe even lost people who might have been listening to this podcast. God, I pray, Lord, that you will show them. Uh, maybe they have no idea entirely what we're talking about. They've never accepted you in their heart. God, I pray that you'll show them. Lord, I pray that you'll show them that you can save anyone. I think of the, the song, No, Not One, where it says, Did ever saint find a friend forsake him, or sinner find that he would not take him? Lord, I pray that the people under the sound of my voice will hear and know that Jesus Christ died for their sins and that he can save anyone if they'll but ask. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to watch over uh, the re remainder of this day and I pray that you'll bless the people listening. In your name I do pray. Amen.